The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global People Solutions. I'm getting double teamed today. I'm having a uh, we're going to have a good show, a great show with some guys that I, I know you all want to hear from. You probably already uh, know them. Uh, just to give you some background, the HotelBusiness.com reported prior to the pandemic that cannabis and CBD have made their way into the ever-growing health and wellness narrative, absolutely, which continues to make its way at a rapid pace into the hospitality industry. And we're going to talk about that. Cannabis-based properties seen as places of restoration rather than smokehouses, where education about the products is baked into the mission is say advocates something retail can't offer but a resort can and that is true this is going to it's a different experience it will be a different experience hope that we all have a chance to experience that my next guests are trend setting the idea of normalizing cannabis in the hospitality industry i want you all to um, appreciate our guest today uh john o'connor uh, is the co-founder of Humboldt Social, and that's what we're going to end up talking about. And Guy Rocart is a board member at Humboldt Social, and he is the chief product officer at Papa and Barkley. So, which is cool because we've had Adam Grossman on the show. So that's uh, that's that's very cool. I'm getting the I'm getting the whole exec team because John. Uh, I know that you still have involvement at Papa and Barkley, and uh, so uh, I think that's cool. Gentlemen, how are you today? I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you for having us on. Awesome. Yeah, thank awesome. You for us on. Absolutely, Guy. Absolutely, John. I'm, I'm uh, very pleased to, to um, have you on. You, you both live up in Humboldt County area now, but um, John, are you from Humboldt County? No, I uh, grew up in San Diego, came okay. out here in 1999 to go to college and, okay. and pretty much Humboldt never State. left. Yeah, Humboldt I, State. Yeah, but I went, you know, I, I left for grad school and then and then came back and um, very much in, in love with the with the area and the people. Yeah. They're here and it's just uh, so beautiful and a great place to live and have family. Yeah. What, what did you find about the people? that you that just attracted you made you stick um well i think the biggest thing that was a shock for me growing up in um san diego i was i was born in chula vista and then ultimately you know moved up to U university city the you know sort of the the center mm -hmm. of san diego a little bit north um driving in san diego as, as, as a young man you'd, you'd drive or you'd walk across the street if you made if you made eye contact with another with another guy it was almost like you, you were going to get in a fight and then you know coming up to humble county you made eye contact and everyone smiled at you and i was like god it's so weird yeah <laughs> and uh you know and, and that's sort of the the base of the culture is is, is a little bit more friendly friendly it's more, it, it's more small town 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's this, you know, quirky mix of, um, you know, of, of salt of the earth people and um, sort of liberal college towns as well. Yeah. And you found that that fit you. Um, look, I, I came up here to study forestry and then yeah. I realized it was the cutting down trees type of forestry instead of the saving trees. So then yeah. I, then I studied religion and then ultimately, uh, business and, uh, had a series of small businesses. I used to run a, a zip line company before I, um, you know, got into hospitality and, and cannabis. And no, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's really, really cool. Now, Gee, you, uh now you went to rit and uh yeah and uh i have i i'm i'm i've been reacquainted with that institution because i have a business partner whose son is in his first year or so at rit and he's on the lacrosse team and um so and i i understand the process he went to get into rit it ain't easy uh, <laughs> so no, it's, a, it's a good school. I was really uh, honored yeah. to get in there. I mean, this is going back, yeah, decades. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I haven't been to Rochester in a while, but uh, yeah. Western New York definitely has uh, some cannabis bones, first of all, as far as areas in New York. I think uh, from an Appalachian perspective, if people were going to grow cannabis, it would definitely be in the Finger Lakes region. Okay. New York region. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I have fond memories of it, you know, being a kid from New York City. Um, yeah. Oh, so you grew up in the city? You grew up yeah. in the city? Yeah. 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 I grew up in New York City. My parents are, uh, you know, uh, emigrated from Haiti. So I'm okay. a generation American. And yeah, I grew up in New York. And then uh, I joined the service uh, to get, a you know, some college scholarship money and whatnot. Um, and when I decided to go to school, instead of coming so close home, I was like, I want to be able to drive. And RIT seemed like a great school. And at the time, I was very uh, science-minded because I okay. thought I would go back to the service. So uh, I entered RIT as a physics major, but ultimately left as a with a film degree. Yeah, uh, you went very creative instead of scientific, didn't you? Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is I think science, uh, especially physics, yeah. is quite creative, right? And then uh -huh. more importantly, I think one of the things I learned at RIT is that you can't teach creativity. You can only teach tools to people for them to be creative. So even in the art of like film and photography that are very technical, right. you can know, every, I mean, there are folks who know everything about the, the gear and folks who are the creatives, right? Who know how to use the tools, right? Who may not, yeah, it was very interesting at RIT, a lot <laughs> of learning. I Like when we, you know, I did a summer abroad in, in Amsterdam, okay. where it's all film theory. And okay. that didn't vibe with me enough because it's like, it's great to talk theory, but I also like to talk how do you practically execute? I think yeah. that's what John and I have in common. It's like, it's great to have great ideas, but at one point you have to start talking about, well, how are we going to do this? Yeah, the rubber's got to meet the road, right? right. And, and you also, you did some time on submarine, you, submarine duty? Yeah, so when I was, uh, when I enlisted, uh, uh -huh. I, you know, like many kids in the 80s, I thought I'd go and be some top gun person. Um, <laughs> have some, you know, the physical uh, attributes needed, you have to be top notch. And so I had some vision issues that didn't qualify me, but um, testing wise, uh, the next most prestigious thing, according to my recruiter, was to be on the submarine force. And uh, look, it was awesome. It was a test of, you know, you can't, 
you know, anything that you learn makes you stronger. So I'm definitely forged by it in some ways. Yeah. You, you know, I have a really good friend, a close friend who's been an advisor, a client, uh, and everything to me. And um, he did submarine duty. And the stories are absolutely insane. And it's more insane because there's no way, I, I don't even know if I could go underwater in a submarine. I mean, and I mean, if we went down, you'd have to bring me, you had to pop yeah. me up. You know, I don't know if I could just the idea that that's where I'm at. I don't know if I could deal with that. So I always admire that. That takes a mental discipline. I don't think I have to uh, to do that. And and you guys live down there and you work down there just like you're working on land. It was it's it's kind of it's 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 very interesting to me. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it, look, it definitely has affected me till today in the sense of like, um, you know, uh, I think a lot, time-wise, I don't have, I never get jet lag, that kind of stuff, because you're used to a rolling clock without seeing the sun, like things like, right. yeah, you, you, you adapt, but yeah, it's very interesting. And back then, you remember, we were still on VHS tapes, right? right. So even the entertainment level of like this notion of burning a movie, because they literally burned up, um, yeah, it was good. A lot of reading, a lot of soul searching. And I, I can tell you this, the United States Navy for me, uh, it was definitely formative. Like when I left New York, you know, I look at my high school pictures now and it's still the pictures that I would want to see in a high school diversity, like crazy, like, yeah, it was inner city, but like, I just didn't understand the United States as it was until I joined the service. And even in boot camp, I started to be like, oh, wow, this is what the nation is. And then being in the fleet, <laughs> and bonding with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would look, I would recommend that all young people get a chance to serve because regardless of all the stuff that's going on on the national landscape, you know, I understand the constitution, right? Very deeply because I serve to protect it. And I think if we all did that, we'd take everything a little bit more seriously. Oh, that's, that's cool. Hey, we're going to take a break, but on the other side of that break, um, John, you and I have uh, something in common, and that's dosist. So we'll talk about that uh, on the other side of this break. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. I have tremendous guests today. I have John O'Connor, who's the co-founder of Humboldt uh, Social and uh, part of the, the Papa and Barkley team. And I have Guy Ricourt, who is a board member at Humboldt Social and Chief Product Officer at Papa and Barkley. So uh, we'll be right back uh, on the other side of this. We'll, we'll get into some, some ways on how these gentlemen actually got into the cannabis game. Thank you. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. 
only on CannabisRadio.com. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global People Solutions. And um, rejoining my guest here today, John O'Connor, co-founder of Humboldt Social and, and Guy Record, who is a board member at Humboldt Social and Chief Product Officer at Papa and Barclay. <clears throat> so you guys both have interesting uh, past and experiences, and you've been entrepreneurial, both of you, throughout the entire process of that. And 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 your entrepreneurialism turned to uh, the cannabis arena. And and John, I want to talk to you about because I I'm just looking it up. I know you got involved initially with uh, Dosist, which is a brand that that a lot of folks know uh, in the industry, and it. it I know a little bit about it. it. Didn't necessarily started out as a vape idea, but it ended up as a vape idea. And um, so, tell tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it was it was an interesting start for cannabis for me. I got a mm -hmm. uh, at the time I was I was running a, an innovative visitor center that we okay. were you know we were building a community based visitor center where we had local visitor information on iPads, a local tasting room. Um, and, and tours that you could, you could book right on site. Okay. Um, so I got a call from the mayor of Arcata at the time. And she said, Hey, I got this guy that wants to do a cannabis visitor center. Will you meet with him? I said, sure. Um, so, so I met with him and very quickly we, uh, we started to talk about what it would look like to, to build something called Humboldt County grown, um, you know, a, a concept on the, on the cannabis side. And then he said, Hey, I got these, I got these guys in San Francisco that I want you to meet. So let's go down there. So we went down there and <clears throat> very quickly, um, these two guides, um, Matt Seasholes and Reed Woodson, um, flew up to Humboldt. Um, and we started to build out the idea at the time of Humboldt County grown. We, we, uh, we wrote our first business plan about 36, 38 pages long. Um, in word format, couple couple color pictures, um, very simple. And then Reed um, uh, sent sent the business plan to a, one of his buddies that was one of the founders of Anomaly in New York. And th they took the business plan and then very quickly got on a call and said, "Hey, you know we uh, you know we in invest in some companies like." You know, I think the last one was EOS before that, which was that that lip balm where yeah. they they came in with an early stage company, inject injected marketing um, resources into it for an equity stake. So at that point, I think they valued us at like 18, 18 million dollars or something like that. So we were like, oh, that's crazy. And but they wanted, I think, a twenty percent stake of the company. So yeah. we talked it over and we said, sure. So very quickly, it went from Humboldt County grown to Humboldt, to HMBLDT. Yeah, no, um, no vowels, right? Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Dosis, then we, uh, we hit reggae on the river and we were called Humboldt. And we, uh, at that time, it was the collective model. So we uh, gave out joints in exchange for signing people up for the collective. Okay. Um, all the other founders worked, uh, worked the night shift and got <laughs> totally out of control and i had i had brand new babies and i worked the day shift and we literally <laughs> passed the hotels in the morning and uh i think everyone everyone i've talked to some people recently that saw me there years ago and they're like oh yeah i totally thought you were fed because like <laughs> you, you were standing there in the day you're getting everyone signed up and get your information in, in exchange for for cannabis but that's that's how we started the company and then we worked with 
you know, some formulators and we had mm -hmm. a full suite of products. Um, and then ultimately it got um, pared down to need states um, yeah. where we wanted to, you know, own the, um, you know, technology and, and the formulations. And uh, just that, that, you know, about a year in, there was some, you know, shaking around with the founders, different people were moving on, staying around. And um, I said, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I need to do something, something else. So then I jumped on the Pop and Barkley team and helped build out real estate and compliance and, you know, did most of the building with Guy. Oh, that's great. No, that's, that's a, that's a hell of a story. So doses. So in the last couple of years, we've done some work. Protus Global has done some work uh, with those and just putting key people in that, in that uh, business. That's what I meant about you and I have that in uh, that in common. Now, when we look at Guy, Guy, I mean, are you the father of the pen? Are you the, <laughs> did you? <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't take credit uh, for that, but I'm, you know, lucky I've been in Canvas for a while. And definitely when I first saw yeah. an electronic cigarette, you know, yeah. in like 2010 or whatnot, I was like, oh, Canvas needs to be in that. And right. it's a much, too long a story to get into how I finally came upon a formula, both through my own trials and of course, you know, yeah. some folks in the traditional market. But I did start making vape pens, uh, unbranded, um, okay. back then, you know, in, in the 215 market, like we wanted to have company names, but we really didn't want to have company names, if you get my drift. Uh -huh. and, um, you know, of course, I had friends all over the place. Uh, and so, you know, I started getting a lot of asks like, oh, you should be, why is this not a business? Why are we not making this? You know, vape pens, I think, brought a whole new level. I think it brought people back to cannabis. I think it, at the time in 2010, people yeah. that were like 45 plus, you know, stressed out on Wall Street specifically, you know, may have used cannabis in college, had forgotten about it. And now here's this vape pen that's very unintrusive. You don't really smell like smoke, but yet you get the benefits of cannabis. Most importantly, sleep. Like I think yeah. my, in my, my first company in Denver, I think universally every investor, I think hadn't slept in a decade and personally thanked me for being able to go to sleep <laughs> in a vape pen and coughed up quite a bit of cash. Chalk me so, up as one of those, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I basically, you know, got the opportunity to build a lab in Colorado early on to make vape pens. And back then it was really us and Open, I think in terms of the, the first compliant pens to come out there. And at the time I was using light hydrocarbon <clears throat> uh, and you know, the rest of the industry was using CO2 and like, yeah, like things that are going, that were going on then just seem so far in the rear view mirror. And then I'd like to put that against, you know, the decades that we waited here in California in the collective model before we got, you know, mm -hmm. any real laws, you know, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey in cannabis for me. Uh, it's, uh, I, I'm at the point now where it's most of my adult life. I can almost say that most of my adult life I've been in cannabis. That's amazing. Uh, that, that is absolutely amazing. Now, now, and John, you kind of mentioned this, but, but Guy and John, where did your past, did, did it, you know, did it cross at Papa and Barkley or on the way to Papa and Barkley or an adventure before that? Yeah. Cause you guys, it looks like it could have happened before that. No, it, it, it happened right at the beginning of Pop and Barkley. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Adam, Adam kept on coming out to Humboldt. Um, he is, uh, um, he's my wife's second cousin. So he, he would come okay. out and visit. He went to our wedding. Um, and then um, at the time when, when we were launching Dosist, um, mm -hmm. uh, Pop and Barkley was just an investment 
firm in cannabis businesses. So they did a friends and family round for doses. So they were one of, I think they're investor number six or seven. So Adam kept on calling to kind of check in on the investment. And at the time, you know, he was putting together his team with Guy and Boris. So then he Mm -hmm. brought them up to Humboldt and, um, you know, they were visiting farms and trying to figure out wh- what to do and, and how to launch the business. So, um, so, so John, don't mean to interrupt you, but you met him at your wedding or before the wedding? Um, Adam. Adam. Yeah. Um, I met him once at my wife's 30th birthday before. Uh, before the wedding. wedding. Be- before the wedding. And it, it went well enough that you thought you'd invite him. Or did he? How did that go? Uh, my, my, my wife invited all of her family. So <laughs> okay, I, I, so I that, didn't have a say in that. You didn't have a say in it. I, I got it. Now, 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 Guy, how did you meet Adam? Uh, so that's a good, great story. Um, years ago in the traditional market, uh, there's a place in Los Angeles called the Rustic Inn that, you know, I'd watch the grass grow. That's where I would spend my afternoons. And a gentleman named uh, Sparky Wilson Rose, also deep in the game, uh, started okay. the Yellow House uh you know, unfortunately did have to, you know, do some time. And right after uh, coming out, he would spend his time at the Rustic and of course was like an advisor to me, uh, you know, and, and honestly kept me a little bit safe. And this is like, you know, 2006, 2007. He okay. eventually, once he was allowed to leave, just wanted to get out of California and move to Chicago. I go on to do my thing in Colorado. You know, I think he's aware of like, you know, just following the cannabis thing. And one day he calls me and he's like, hey, are you still doing stuff in cannabis and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know, I got a little spot in LA, you know, I don't, I'm not growing as much. I had this thing in Colorado. He's like, I want to put you in touch with somebody. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to make a product. And this guy, this was actually the second time he had actually turned me on to another lady first who was doing a hemp bomb. So I had all of a sudden kind of like was timely, you know, and at the mm-hmm. time a lot of activity. And so, yeah, I get, I remember getting a call from Adam. We talked, it was cool, but I really didn't bond with Adam because at this point, the investors I had in Colorado, I was kind of like, oh, shoot, you got to understand who you get your money from. Because at mm-hmm. this point, I started realizing, oh, wait, I don't just want to make money. I want to make sure I build this industry in the correct way. And you, I started seeing early on what we see now, just Wall Street money. Yeah. Redefining the way cannabis looks. And so with Adam, at first, I was a little skeptical. Um, it was actually when we went to our first 420 high times uh, in 2015. And I remember him like cutting off some people to try a dab. And of course that was when electronic dabbing was just like the newest new, like, yeah. uh, and I was like, okay, maybe this guy really gets cannabis and definitely didn't have any fear in the use of cannabis as we just walked through this, you know, traditional festival where, you know, cannabis was everywhere. Um, so we, you know, we kind of started to get that rapport and yeah, like John said, first then he was like, oh yeah, I have a cousin that lives in Humboldt. I was like, well, that's where the weed comes from. And as an indoor grower, <laughs> In, in LA, I knew the power of sun-grown because, you know, I have my wares throughout the year, but come harvest season, October, November, it's like no dispensary wants your cannabis because the flood of sun-grown coming down is going to be what everybody's buying just based on price, if anything, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah it was interesting. It all started to work together. And, um, yeah, Adam and I. Uh, and, and now you guys are um, have different roles at at pop and barkley which is 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 cool but you your journeys have have merged at humboldt so we're going to take a, a quick break and when we come back we're going to get in the vision of humboldt i really i really want to dive into to that part of you guys uh future 
and uh, and the present and the future. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Uh, Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global People Solutions. And today I'm having a great time with John O'Connor, who uh, is one of the founders and co-founders of Humboldt Social and and Guy Record, who's a board member there and chief product officer at Pop and Barkley and John's at Pop and Barkley and everybody's there. So, <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back on, on the other side uh, and, and get into some Humboldt social. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, I'm Vern Davis, and I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global People Solutions. And um, really having a, a great chat today with John O'Connor, uh, who's the co-founder of Humboldt Social, and, and Guy Record, who is a board member there at Humboldt Social. And guys, I, I want to and you know talk about. Uh, the vision of Humboldt Social. Tell us what it is. Tell us the vision of it, and um, just and you guys can free flow this and free form it. You know, sure. whoever wants to take it first and then uh, join in, whatever. Let's go. Yeah, look, our um, our mission at Humboldt Social is to normalize cannabis and hospitality, and mm-hmm. um, we're we're doing that in, in a couple ways. Um, one, every day in California, um, there are cannabis deliveries in hotels. Um, you you know you can show up at a hotel. You give a, a phone call to a delivery company, and right. boom, cannabis is there. However, both the state, local, local regulators, and the hotels don't know what to do after that. So we're we're, we're trying to solve that by giving people avenues and um, places to consume in and mm-hmm. around the hotels. In in addition, you know, as as I was exiting Papa and Barkley, mm-hmm. realized that there were two dispensaries that were unused by the company in Eureka. So we're, you know, we're building out dispensaries with consumption lounges, full restaurants, um, retail areas at, um, you know, next to Papa and Barkley facilities. So, you know, that that's our connection there. And Mm -hmm. for us, normalizing cannabis is just that it's it's the it's the normalization. Um, And what that looks like is you walk into a hotel, you should be able to turn right and go to the bar. Uh-huh. Go straight to go to the restaurant or turn left to go to the consumption lounge. And okay. it's normal. You know, there's there's kids around, there's families. Um, there there's not kids down in the dark bar and there's not kids in the consumption lounge, but there's right. you know, families everywhere else. And that's so I'm just traveling to that part of the country, right? 
and and um, just my bride and I, and we're just looking for a place to stay. <laughs> Hell, I don't know why I wouldn't stay with you guys, but uh, you know, so I, so I, so that's the experience, right? And so it's yeah. what you you guys are saying. So I, I check in at a hotel. I made a reservation. I check in at a hotel, and uh, I got a bar. I got a consumption lounge. I have. A bartenders, I have tenders in the consumption lounge. That, all that's there, and a restaurant. Yes and no. So okay. yeah, right. yeah, you'd have uh, you'd have the restaurant, you'd have the mm-hmm. bar, you'd you'd have the you know the lodgings. We've got a couple properties. One called Humboldt Bay Social Club, which is right on Humboldt Bay. And you can either choose from vacation rentals or small hotel rooms, large outdoor area. Um, and then we just acquired a, a hotel in Southern Humboldt, right on the, the tip of Avenue of the Giants. Um, it used to be the Scotia Inn, we're rebranding as the Scotia Lodge, 50 room historic hotel. Oh, Both nice. Of those properties, you'd be able to, you know, pick from a list of curated cannabis products, order them, they get delivered there. Um, and at Scotia Lodge, you'll be able to do an, an infused massage if you'd like to, um, either cannabis infused or, mm-hmm. or hemp, hemp infused or just traditional massage. Um, or you'd be able to order products and consume there. Um, and as you're, you know, traveling around Humboldt and visiting the Redwoods in the Bay, you'll be able mm-hmm. to stop by um, Pop and Barkley Social, you know, which is our, which will be our first um, branded consumption lounge, dispensary, and full restaurant in Eureka. Oh, that's great! And you're gonna have two of those in Eureka. Yeah, we'll have a, a small little personal shopping tasting, it's like 98, the smallest dispensary. Um, and then we've got a larger one in the old garden center of an old Kmart. So if you remember the old Kmart's on, on, if you look at any of them to the right, there's a little greenhouse. Um, and then there's an outdoor, outdoor area. And we've, we're in the process of converting that, um, into a, into a really great, um, visitor and local destination. Um, I mean, the biggest thing about Humboldt is just recognizing how many cannabis farms are there Mm -hmm. Um, in, in California and Napa. Um, Napa and Sonoma and all over the state, there's about, um, there's about 400 <clears throat> wineries. That's it. 400 mm-hmm. wineries produce, um, produce about 80% of the grapes in the nation. In Humboldt County, we have almost 15,000, 15,000 cannabis farms. So we are, wow. we are in the, in the center of the cannabis world. There's more farms per acre than anywhere else in the world. There's probably wow. like two to 3,000 legal cannabis farms, but the rest are all traditional markets. So, you yeah, know, we are, you know, we're, we're in the heat of it. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is an amazing uh, stat. Gee, how did he hook you into that, man? Well, look, I, John and I have been working together uh, at Pop and Barkley and, mm-hmm. you know, really was instrumental first, first and foremost in getting us, uh, into the city, right? Because the city was definitely conflicted between conservative people who saw the downside based on the war on drugs and the bad things that people do when, you know, something is unregulated. It didn't mm-hmm. have to do with cannabis. It had to do with the unregulated nature of it versus folks who were progressive and was like, this could be the next cash crop for our community, right? So I think I saw what John was doing in the community on the Economic Development Board and, you know, coming from a big city where you're kind of lost and then I've been slowly getting more like community centric and caring about the people around me. And I felt that here, like what John is saying about people smiling and people are very proud about this area, right? And having left Colorado right after like the bumper stickers of like pop made my school, I was like, yeah, 
The money is here. We just need to get that tax revenue for the community. So the community spirit has been something I've been sharing with John. You know, I only moved my family up here uh, about a year ago. Um, okay. And, and it is amazing, you know, the trees, the fresh air. Um, but there is like this great spirit here. And so from a cannabis perspective, the Napa Appalachian piece, like really yeah. propping Humboldt up and to drive tourism and also normalize it. I think one of the things that I liked uh, when we first had the meeting about Humble Social, John was like, if they come here and think this is just a cannabis hotel, we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. It should just be the cannabis is in the background, right? That mm -hmm. similar, like you expect that if you go to a, uh, a resort that yeah, mm -hmm. you can, your kids can be playing in the pool and you might step aside and have a relaxing cocktail. Uh -huh. The same experience should be here, normal without stigma, right? And I always, I like, I like that. Be, I like the thought leadership of being able to craft that. And the mm -hmm. social model is something that can be bolted on in other places, right? So eventually when you go to Vegas, the same thing. Yeah. You'll see that social moniker and you'll be like, well, I can stay in a loud casino or I can stay in this place that has this vibe. My family feels safe and I can relax. You know, uh, I, I think that humble vibe can get built into this social experience through cannabis the same way you might see a Napa-like winery in the middle of the country, right? You know, we know what wineries feel like, you know what that destination feels like, and we're going to craft out here in Humboldt and uh, try to share it with the world. Gentlemen, I love that vision, and I believe it can work. Uh, I know it can work, and uh, I'm looking forward. I'm staying in touch with you two guys because I'm looking forward to experiencing it uh, because I, I think it is a very cool way to, to travel, or even just, you know, if it's local, just to step out of your house, you know, and, and, and go chill for a weekend. And, yeah, you know, at, uh, right. The, sorry to cut you off, but at the dispensaries, uh, you know, it's been, we've been trying to think about like, well, people are going to have to bring their own canvas. How do you do trees? A lot of new things to think about. Yeah. But, uh, uh, John has designed these kind of like cabanas that we want people to be able to rent. And I realized as a cannabis user, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, kind of like you can have your buddies, at, at, at home and like mm -hmm. you know, maybe and smoking already can be so it's in our society we don't really want to do that indoors anymore and so now you can get kind of like a cabana have your friends meet there you can you know reserve it and have a place to hang out where it's totally normal and you know there'll be like there won't be alcohol drinks and I don't know that I'm on the fence of those things ever seeing each other to be quite honest I think that they're different you know, yeah. no problem with a pub, but I think this the the, the cannabis experience and the vibe. Uh, let's say on an, on a Saturday evening, I think the mm -hmm. cannabis portion happens before, where people get together, they commiserate, they talk, and then maybe they go out for an evening cocktail and a snack. Uh, yeah, so it, 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 just exciting things happening here. So yeah, when you said the local thing, it's like yeah, I hope a lot of the locals here yeah this as a resource uh, where they can come together. And, and safely, uh, you know, share their products. No, I, I, I hope so too, and I believe that will that will happen, gentlemen. I want to thank both of you uh, today. Um, I've been spending my time with John O'Connor and Guy Record uh, with Humboldt Social, and uh, really educational, uh, and uh, really you've given us something to all look forward to from an experience perspective. I really love that. And I uh, want to thank all of you for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm your host, uh, Vern Davis. Check out all of our past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Plant Profits. Please take a listen to our shows on your favorite podcast app. That whole platform 
uh, man, Apple, Google, iHeart, Amazon, Spotify, we are there. Just pull us up, check us out, uh, and many more. Look, and uh, I've been talking about Protus Global. Look, follow Protus Global on social media platforms, all of them, LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, learn more about how we're building companies and how we're changing people's lives uh, at protusglobal.com. And that's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. And uh, you look, until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.